0: We're talking about we're talking about Kotaku and their weird things, right? Like mm. I'm literally Kotaku literally just tweeted on Pornhub: math teacher makes his mark teaching calculus. There's there's, there's videos on Pornhub Excellent. about a, <laughs> a math teacher doing giving math lectures. Like and that, pro- it's just proper, like, It's
1: not even like a naked student or something. Like thirty year old supposed to be fifteen.
0: Yeah, no, it's just like a straight.
1: Player 2, PixelCast, episode 71. I am your host, Tim Henderson. Back again. I am very sorry, everybody. I was gone for one episode. I know you thought you got a reprieve, but other people need to step up. Or maybe not, because I'm the stupid idiot who said I will always handle the even odd number of episodes. Clearly, I'm not a math teacher. Um, Steve, you're
2: here. Are you a math teacher? I am not. Unfortunately, that's that's Paul James' job. I'm a film and Japanese teacher.
1: That, that honestly that sounds way more fun than
2: math like I respect so more, math but that sounds more fun than math it can be more fun than math I think although I'm sure a lot of students quite like math so I, really
1: believe it or not there are
2: them. like those Adam Spencer books sell I'm also an English teacher I can tell you children don't enjoy that as much that's for sure
1: huh I weirdly enjoyed English as a kid and I was actually terrible as at it and then I became a writer, and my teacher thought of me as a class celebrity. It was a weird circle of ten years of my life. Anyway, that, that other voice there that you heard, finally returning like a friggin' phoenix from the ashes. He's been gone so long, we've changed our entire software while we're doing this. Can you're back!
0: Yeah, I am. I I am. Um, it's been a while.
1: It has clearly uh, been a while. How is fatherhood? Yeah. Again.
0: Uh, uh. <laughs> more of the same like it's it that it, there's not there's not much surprises at this point um i don't think that is a positive because surprises yeah, yeah, would
1: be like holy shit
0: yeah no absolutely yeah there's not much surprise really but um what? no it, it, it's good to be back i've been gone for like i think what six months seven months now probably about half a year yeah give or take yep just about and and i was literally waiting on skype i was like where's everybody yeah
1: <laughs> i realized when i emailed and then there was no reply to the emails i was like i should pr- i'm gonna to have to actually load up skype <laughs> 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 yeah we've we moved that that was a seismic yeah. shift that should have happened probably five years ago but has we're no longer on skype Skype may match our colours, but yeah, Cost no longer endorses Skype. We never endorse Skype, what am I talking about? I am just rambling, this show will be about, well the second half will be about, kind of just, what makes a good boss battle? What are some good boss battles, and maybe what are some bad ones that we just want to get off our chest? But first thing first, we have, um, being game playing games, and Ken, to get you on this show, we gave you a copy of Back for Blood.
0: Yes, and I've played said game, and thanks very much for getting a key to me, um very happy with that managed to get play play a little bit of it recently actually for an episode of player two plays which you can find on our youtube channel together with uh jess steven myself and huser um so if you remember to check check out the video um bag for blood is pretty much like left for dead and if that's your flavor if that's your preference you're gonna okay I I don't know if I can say you you you'd like it. Because I like it's Left 4 Dead.
1: Would I like Right for Blood?
0: Um, it's effectively the same thing, right? It's it's four versus the computer, and the computer has a direct zombies, mini zombies, and a director, and it's got special zombies. Um, you've got lots of guns, and uh, it feels like both a natural evolution from where Left 4 Dead 2 left off. You know, Hmm. Left 4 Dead 1 was fairly straightforward. You've got a small selection of guns. You ran through the map and you ran through the stage and you killed as many zombies as you could. And you got to the extraction point and you ran away. Um, Left 4 Dead 2 was more of the same but with more weapons and more variables i guess um different special zombies different weapons different setups um different objectives so instead of always running for the exit you could be defending a point or uh finding fuel to load up a car uh, and running around the uh, shopping center looking for canisters of fuel um bag for blood continues on that i guess spectrum where you've got even more weapons now. Um you've got lots more lots more different types of variables and that can that can either really tickle your fancy or put you off it. Because I think Is... um when... Steven. Yeah? No, sorry. I thought you wanted to say something. No,
1: I was <clears throat> Oh, okay the variables thing is key because you mentioned it has a director you may want to for, um say for example people like steven who have never played a left for dead game you may want to elaborate on
0: what that means yeah well the director is one of was one of the like highlights of the left for dead games wherein the game dialed up and down the difficulty as you progressed through the map so if you were doing really really well it would reduce the amount of uh, gear and ammo you would find or throw more special zombies at you. And that was always the thing about both the original and the second Left for Dead games, wherein the game's AI would change the pace of whatever scenario you're in. And in Back for Blood, you know, it's the same thing. You have a director and in order to try and keep each each your each run fresh, because you're going through the same stages each time, you're going to be playing through similar stages. What they try to do is introduce like different pacing to your run through the map. So, like I said, different gear would appear, different um, amounts of ammunition would appear. Um, if you were doing very very poorly, the um the the game would give you more stuff it's trying to make you feel challenged without without just knocking you over the head
1: yeah i think um, the end goal is to make it so you succeed but
0: only barely like each and yeah. every time you should be yeah you know, it should make you feel like you're striving for that completion but you will get to it you know and um, if you don't, the next time the game will dial down the difficulty. You know, it's sort of it's it's on the fly. It, it, you know, that's what a director does. But what I found, I I think, um, it, just like in terms of variables, you've now got a heap of primary weapons, like light machine guns and submachine guns and rifles. You've got a bunch of um, melee weapons or or one handed small weapons. Uh, small arms like handguns and baseball bats and axes. And then you've got your, you've got, uh, what was on the three button? Like different types of throwable um, items like smoke grenades and flashbangs and and frag grenades and molotovs. And then you've got, I think, four different types of healing um, items. And then you've got um, a heap of other um, miscellaneous items like barbed wire or a defibrillator. You know, like, there's just... The number of options and variables has increased by, you know, twice, three times, four times what you would have in Left for Dead 2. Um, and also, Back for Blood also introduces um, a deck mechanic. Where we go. Yeah. <laughs> in order to introduce even more variability, right, you can have, say... um through your run collect a bunch of cards which you then pre-build your deck ahead of your next run each card would give you like plus five ammunition or plus 10 health or plus 10 um, stamina and you build your deck and as you go through each section of the map you could you draw a few new cards you get to play them the director also plays their cards which you know increases the lethality of their um of the zombies or makes the whole stage get covered in fog like variables this there's all it's all about variables in this game because every time you go through the map's going to be the same it's going to be the same map the same stage setup. And the premise is kill as many zombies as possible. So where they, you know, where they mix things up is in the variables. And um, I've seen other people talk about how they've preferred, I guess, the more purist, more streamlined, more, um, I don't know what the word for it is, like, more basic setup straightforward straightforward yeah of the old left for dead games whereas some people really enjoy the the mixing up of you know different weapons and different setups in 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 this new Back for blood but um steven you 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 were playing with us and i you i suspect you might have been playing a bit more outside of just that one session but you haven't played the previous left for dead games before
2: no, I haven't played Left 4 Dead um, previously, and uh, touching on what you are saying about the variability, I don't necessarily think that variability adds replayability, and I wonder if that's why some people haven't warmed to it as much, because I think once you start to add variability, it makes it very difficult for people to feel like they're developing any form of skill in some regards, because... If there's always variables, it's really difficult to focus on perfecting a particular thing. So obviously with the director aspect of it, it's always going to be slightly different. But I think when you're throwing the card decks into the mix and then all those other elements, I just think that, and you know, it's, it's a thing that I've thought about a lot of things, whether it be, you know, video games or board games, that variability doesn't necessarily add replayability. Hmm. And I wonder if that's maybe something that people who spent, you know, a lot of time playing those older games with less variety felt that they were able to hone their skills a little bit more. I, I've i had a lot but of fun for with it. Dead was always about not being able
1: to hone it too much. I didn't play yeah, it. Yeah. So. so
0: so I think there is that, there is that balance, I think. And with Left 4 Dead on one end of the spectrum and, and Back for Blood on the other. Like... Left the Dead was fun, but after a while, you know, if you've played that same stage 20 times and the director has pretty much thrown whatever, you know, combination of zombies that it could at you, like, you're basically repeating that same experience Mm -hmm. over and over again. And some people love that. That's why some people play Destiny. That's why I played Destiny, right? You go through the same strikes over and over again. Um, You're too, too sick. <clears throat> Look, <laughs> mate, <laughs> <laughs> I played a lot of Destiny, but um, with Back for Blood too. I think it's 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 trying to add more variability. I think there's potentially more uh, replayability because of that, but. I wonder like I only played a little bit like probably an hour hour and a half maximum so far but I wonder if it's gone too much the other way and added too much because now you have so many things to think about Um, it did sound kind of complicated when you're running through all the stuff you've got cards you've got this you've got that you've got the cards sound pretty interesting though the cards can be, but I think your deck is like 15 cards, was it? Uh, you can um. customise them, and I can't remember
2: the exact number, but I think that's, um, again, just part of getting you to increase playtime, essentially. It's a way for them mm. to keep you on the hook, because it, Back for Blood is obviously a games-as-a-service title in a way like you're not paying a monthly fee or anything but i imagine there's going to be you know things you'll pay to unlock or it'll be a massive time sink and it's going to live and die by its
1: player base if you've got no one to play with then
0: oh yeah no one else
1: is going to pick it up
0: yeah so i mean as a co-op shooter it's pretty fun like i think the four of us had a whole bunch of fun i really enjoyed just the four of us mucking around and Somebody getting downed by a special zombie. I think the first time we played it, we probably oh, survived, I think, a good 10 minutes and then we're like, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, it loaded us into a later level
2: that I think Huso was up to in a previous playthrough. And because it's, I guess, sort of cumulative as you play through, you'll get better weapons or more cards, and more cards should be out. Um, if you start at the start of the campaign and it keeps running through, I just don't think any of us were prepared for the level that he was up to. And it was fairly embarrassing. So it needs around, to work with its
0: scaling of difficulty for all players, perhaps? Yeah, maybe. But I also think we were terrible at it. Cause, yes, like, well, there's no <laughs> cure for that. <laughs> We were like, we were in a bar. I mean, the scenario was we we're in a bar and there's just wave after wave of zombies and we we're just chucking Molotov cocktails everywhere in a confined space. So, and then... Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and then, And then I'm like, oh, is Friendly Fire on? <laughs> <laughs> so it's all of that type of stuff as well. But, you know, one of the brilliant things about this game... Uh, and games of this ilk is that you die and you die and you die again non-stop over and over again.
1: Jeez, Ken, it almost sounds like you're speaking about Deathloop.
0: I was setting you up for that segue. You didn't have to point it out. That was so good. Anyway, Steve, you've been playing Deathloop. <laughs> uh, I have been
2: playing Deathloop um, a little bit. It It's... Uh quite good when my playstation 5 doesn't crash and i lose a whole bunch of progress because i don't know if you know about the save system of that game but uh unless you complete the run of a level uh you don't it doesn't save anything you've done so uh i've had that happen a couple of times which is very frustrating i have not uh, heard of it crashing yeah i don't know what it is it's it's happened to me a few times it happened before the patch and it was patched, and I was like, "Wow, the performance is a lot better." Apparently, the, a lot of the crashes are gone, but it's still crashing, and it's very weird. It didn't; it's not just freezing up now. Um, previously, it was just freezing, and I had to turn the system off completely. Now, it's just booting me back to the uh, PlayStation menu and telling me to submit an error report. So, so it's a progress. nice soft crash as opposed to a hard crash. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's still a, kind it's of a Soft crash. Yeah, it's it just because of the save system. Um, it's kind of crap the way that works there's no saves in a level uh really enjoying it um digging into the story it does feel like it's kind of and i think huso touched on this in his review that it's, it's a bit of a puzzle and once you start to peel back those layers it, um it really does have one solution in a way and it's just you potentially taking a very roundabout way to get to the solution of the puzzle of how to kill all the visionaries on the same day yeah um, but it's, it's quite good. I've always liked Arcanes games. And while I, I don't know if I'd yet put this up with um, Prey, which I thought was quite good, and Dishonored 2, um, it's still really solid.
1: I've heard some stuff that has me quite interested in it, which is the idea that because you know you are going to die a lot and you have to redo things a lot, that it actually, in this weirdly beneficial way... Kind of, and I definitely had this problem with the Dishonored games, like, alleviates the almost um, crippling nature of, like, this paralysis of having too many options and not wanting to try them all.
2: Because it's like, I'm
1: going to die, I'll try this thing next time anyway, and it just kind of, like, helps streamline the learning progress.
2: Yeah, I I think the biggest problem with Dishonored is, like, it sells itself as a stealth game, and then you feel like if you're not staying 100% stealthy, you're messing up. It's so also got it that rat the,
1: system and every, everything as yeah, well. Like it really where, punishes yeah. you if you start murdering people, which in this general society is how it should work. But
2: in this Power Fantasy video game, is,
1: I thought yeah, it was cool, high, but
2: I can... Yeah, like in hindsight. Yeah, the, the high chaos aspect would be something that I think if they were to do like a re-release, it would be cool if they let you mess with that a little bit because that's one of the things in death loop that's quite good is it doesn't really matter if you go quiet or go loud. Like it's, it's thus far, there's no ramifications for it where if you were like, I don't like doing stealth, I'm just going to go loud. Then it's like, okay, we're just going to make the game incredibly hard for you to do that. Then yeah. by just throwing more enemies at you and all these it's other still terrible things. Man. And still again, it man. feels like it's for a game that's supposed to, well, a developer are ostensibly making immersive sims and it's supposed to be, you know, player-driven in terms of your approach to then punish particular approaches feels, I guess, kind of... And that's been, like, how it's been for, like, 20 years. Like, I still remember, like, trying to
1: get a friend in high school after the first time I played Deus Ex before that game became legendary. And he had a point which still stands, which is, but... Every time stealth is an option, it is always the option. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a flamethrower,
2: but... You don't and, use it sensibly, or else you know. that doesn't—that doesn't feel as relevant in Deathloop. Is it easier to stealth most sections? Absolutely. Uh, is it still possible to annihilate a bunch of enemies uh, if you need to? And it's not an ongoing issue. Also, yes. So I think that's where they've kind of found a solid middle ground. But I'm sure a lot of um, immersive sim purists probably will dislike that aspect of it as well. So. so- I don't know. It's it's a really interesting game in a lot of ways, and I'm hoping that I get to finish it. But um, I I think I do have to say just the the what would be kind of the weirdly episodic nature of playing it, where you have to go through the distinct time phases, probably means I'm not as engaged with it as I was something like Prey or even Dishonored Two. See, so, yeah, I was
1: heavily into Dishonored 2 and then like just immediately fell out of love with it, which I think has happened with with me with that franchise before. Um, although I do want to go back and play Prey because that game's reputation just over time has kind of skyrocketed. Also, my PC would run it easily.
2: <laughs> I think it's the same kind of thing. I think every time Arcane comes out with something, it's slightly different. And then people who loved the previous game play it and they're like, oh, it's it's a bit different and of course it's you know you can never escape the deus ex comparisons and those games only seem to grow in how amazing they are for people year over year i mean the first deus ex really is
1: very very good
2: but i've only played that thing on the ps2 and i still loved it
1: (laughs) that is that's that's a weird version to play anyway speaking of weird versions and maybe even speaking of ps2s um the good life finally came out if anybody doesn't know what this is, which is possible because like very few reviews dropped, like we certainly didn't get a key because I backed this on Kickstarter when um the lovable swarvy announced it like four years ago or something. Back when my PS4 was still like a hot new console and the Switch was maybe or maybe not even in existence yet, and I I seem to remember this because they couldn't offer you a Switch key after you'd backed it when the Switch was like announced and they announced the Switch version, which sucks because this could definitely run on the Switch. Um, this is a very visually... Don't make that face. Like, it's a sweary game. You know it is visually <laughs> going
2: to be, like, a supercharged Dreamcast title. I've played Deadly Premonition and Deadly Premonition 2. I know what to expect from a sweary game. And performance and visual fidelity are not... Not among them. Among them, no.
1: I mean, we'll put a screenshot in the um, shot notes for this, like, to give you an idea. But it's... I'm not even being that hyperbolic when you could say this is, like... a. Turbocharged Dreamcast game it is kind of that level of visual fidelity, um, which it never pretended to be anything. I mean, the Kickstarter video showed
2: exactly what it would be, perhaps be more stable. Yeah, um, um, I will say I'm. I'm not against the art style; I think it's fine.
1: It's got it, it. almost looks like fan art. It's like really kind of this uniquely lovable, weird thing. Um, but to put this in perspective, I am playing this on a PS5 backward compatible in PS4 mode. So, it obviously runs like butter and looks fairly sharp, although a little bit too shimmery on those trees to, I think, be native 4K. So, I'm guessing I'm getting a beefed-up PS4 Pro version. One thing I would love to know is how the other versions look, because this game flickers like all hell. As in, like, walls just pop in and out of existence, like, really, really quickly, and shadows will pop in and out of existence really, really quickly, like,
2: reliably all the time. Are you implying that that's not a creative choice on the part of Sweary? Because I, I feel am... like some of his fans are now coming after you, Tim, because you just cannot appreciate his vision. <laughs> I am i have met Sweary numerous times and I'm sure
1: he would I could get him to say that this was not something he was doing on purpose. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of the time I think his games have been misunderstood and I think Deadly Premonition very famously... One of those reputations over time, where like IGN and whatnot just panned it, and then people started playing it. It's like, oh, another was near as well. That's not sweary, but you know these kind of games that were like panned initially, and then as people kind of like got into the depth, it's like, oh, there's more than one way to look at it. But no, like the, oh. the glitchiness in this is very real, and it should probably legitimately have an epilepsy warning because it is consistent. I actually don't have any issue with how it um looks. I I I do find that charming. I am also very nostalgic for Dreamcast. <laughs> Helps, Who isn't? but um, I mean the thing that, the thing you come into these games for is like the weird and like these like, these unique mechanics or like the way these mechanics are twisted and contextualized to be different to what you've seen before. And so the um, premise of the Good Life is that you're some um, hotshot, maybe not hotshot, possibly very inept photographer from <laughs> photographer from New York, and this big media conglomerate has sent you to this small town in some rural part of britain believing that like it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth and they want you to uncover its secrets and that will help you um repay your debt that debt incidentally being 30 million pounds which is something like 70 or 80 million australian dollars to put that in so i don't i don't understand how anybody could possibly get into that kind of debt in the first place
0: I mean, if you watch the Squid Game. I I need to get around Squid Game.
1: My, my my initial thought was like I guess she's from America, maybe she missed a couple of college payments and the interest, you know, just got really bad. Oh, medical bills. Yeah. Um, you get sick a lot in this game actually. But anyway, a couple of days pass and then like the the game thing that was like sold on was like all the villagers will turn into either cats or dogs at midnight on a full moon. Seems legit. Yep, sure, why not? I mean, maybe that's a secret, although it doesn't seem that secretive. And then you very quickly establish the powers, like you're the ultimate villager. You will very quickly discover that you can turn into a cat or a dog at will at any given time. Which, Steve is looking just very, very confused. But it does open up um, other avenues. So if you're, you're a cat, that you can kind of chase around and catch small animals... Um, which can be then turned into leather or can, like, be cooked. So you can climb up buildings and things a lot more easily. You can jump higher in general. Dogs, you need to transfer into dog, be- into arm. Um... To, a... to um, literally just rummage through garbage.
2: So, of ha- how you do can you... Also... Sorry, Steve? How do you feel those mechanics tie into the game? It, it sounds like it's almost... What would the word be like? Very loosely connected, uh, like almost like just free form of thought. That's where he's put all of these disparate ideas together to come up with something. Does it feel cohesive? So the animals and the mechanics that feel cohesive. What is maybe a bit too disparate is
1: like just a, almost what Ken was talking about with Unback for Blood, with re- regards to like the just amount of stuff. Like there are so many different sh- like. You can cook, and I don't think I'm ever going to cook it. They're just so... And it's not the only game to do this, but there's just so many different ingredients. Hmm. And then if you want to buy, like, a shirt, you still need to find all these different fabrics and everything. I think that's where it's going to, like, start driving me nuts eventually. But, like, it's effectively... they just is giving you, like, different abilities, and it's just contextualized in this, like, weird, charming way, where it's, like, you, if you need to track somebody, then you turn into a dog and you get the scent. But of course there's also a story games so if you want to mark some territory you can literally pee on it. How far are you into it? It's difficult to say that maybe the PS5 doesn't really give you a timer. Like I got to a point where I was like given like three main quests and it was very and I think this is the game trying to say I am supposed to be chill at least somewhat is like you can do these in any like it very explicitly says you can do these in any order you like don't fret about it just go do what takes your fancy. Same with, like, side quests. And I'm trying to get... I'm starting to get used to the um, the um rhythm of the thing. So I'm starting to realize, like, it's almost too conscious as a video game sometimes, but also, like, emulate some real-life stuff. Like, you can get sick, and I have quite a lot. Um And I'm needing to pay... That's maybe more the, the too many things again. Was why... Why doesn't the porridge increase my health? That's a very healthy food. Why do I need to eat this food that isn't necessarily healthy to increase my health? Why is lying in bed not going to cure my cold? Why does medicine cure my cold when there is no legitimate cold curing medicine in the world
2: sounds like some uh solid adventure game logic right there
1: yeah you, i'm just yeah you just kind of need to get your head around and it's also like my head around like how i feel like these games should play and it's almost and here here comes comparison like Shenmue west because it is like going to town day night cycle the thing i've started to just get used to is that, oh, Naomi, your main character, can stay awake for a fucking long time. Like, I'm just now learning after a few hours of play that, like, oh, I don't really need to have a sleep every night. There is an awakeness gauge there. And it is still four out of five after she's been awake for 20 hours. Are you enjoying it? I am actually enjoying it, though. That's the thing. (laughs) Like, you're looking at me in disbelief, but I am in like I like this setting I think it's a kind of a smart way to do this kind of almost empty open world just with lots of weird stuff scattered around it
2: again like I I don't know if enjoy is the right word for deadly premonition I appreciate deadly premonition um I bought deadly premonition too but I still haven't played it yet um I had D four on the Xbox, and I never quite got around to finishing that either. I haven't picked up um, D four. JJ Macfield <laughs> uh, I didn't get around picking up JJ Macfield yet, but I've heard that's quite good. So, I think I'm interested in trying out the Good Life. I didn't end up backing it um, for. I was probably broke at the time or something. Um, well, no one's obliged to back anything, to be fair. No. Uh, so again, I think it's something that I would probably try at. Some point, but uh, I've read a few of those reviews, and that's why I was interested to hear your take on it because I, I, I think again, it might be the same situation where I appreciate it, but I don't necessarily enjoy it. Well, say so I'm enjoying it, and the part of me that's enjoying it is the
1: Shenmue fan in me, who likes, likes this like, kind of slower pace, like immerse yourself in the world. Um, plus, in my language, the art student I- in me as well also like just <laughs> likes this kind of weird just approach to everything like it has a definite charm and he's definitely rougher like super rough around the edges i bought out that like i don't mind a lot of like okay the volume levels are a little bit out of whack sometimes this is clearly not polished here it's the flickering that like really gets me and i'm wondering mm-hmm. if that is just the result of playing the ps4 and the ps5 because that is like yeah. just ob- obnoxiously bad in that regard sometime but the game itself if that wasn't there i'd like for anybody who is like curious i would have no hesitation in saying you even if you don't particularly like in the end i don't think you'd regret giving it a shot
2: well it's on my radar so i'll have to keep an eye out for it and yeah like you said if it's if it's got performance issues then maybe for me especially the playstation 5 would be the place to play it but if it's gonna have some weird glitchiness then I might wait and see I mean it runs smooth as
1: but I, the thing is I can't say wait for a patch because I, I can't guarantee
2: No, definitely not gonna guarantee that that's ever gonna happen that is also a thing with those games
1: so um, I mean it is it, it's a swear game that's part of and I guess also before we leave this to a break I should point out that the only reason I stopped playing Deadly Premonition was I had some weird personal stuff that stopped me being able to use my PS3 for a while but for that first seven or eight hours i was also super
2: enjoying deadly premonition um i'm i play it on the switch because i find the switch port to be like fairly decent um i did try to play it on pc but i didn't have a controller at that point and i hated the keyboard and mouse controls and i had the director's cut on ps3 and it like the performance was like still not amazing
1: i don't so... even remember walls glitching in and out though like it runs smooth as better no. on ps5 but man so i i should I don't know, just check out some video, I guess. If you're thinking about buying a switch, like, just hit up YouTube for twenty minutes. Anyway, we oh. are going to take, yeah, maybe maybe I've accidentally started Steve on it. Or you could wait. I've told Paul that I'll preview this, so we'll see how we how we go. It would help if I had the switch version. That would make it a lot easier for me to get those hours in before because we didn't get a review copy in advance, and it doesn't seem to be a very short game. <laughs> so yeah, um, as it is, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back cool bosses and maybe not so cool bosses. least two of us were back um i did say we were going to be talking about bosses in the second half of this and ken seemed to have succumbed to
2: well steve what is it that yeah, i'm gonna let you actually say this what is what is ken succumb to it's uh it's the boss baby it's the boss boss baby that's what uh ken has succumbed to yep fatherhood when you are <laughs> when your life is no longer your own
1: I'm su- I'm actually almost surprised that like a screaming baby has never actually been like just having to run away and take care of it with all the like the dads in video games right now I'm a little bit surprised that that hasn't just humorously been thrown in there somewhere but you know we're going to be a bit more simple and a lot of these bosses are going to be about punching and shooting stuff I imagine and mercifully oh, yeah. Steve
2: you said you had quite a few in mind so I've, I've got a couple so I've, I thought I'd start off with um maybe some uh fairly epic ones We can go big. Uh, I I don't know if I want to start off with. I don't know how. I guess this probably isn't considered recent anymore. But I think uh, Shadow of the Colossus. That's not recent anymore. (laughs) No, has has probably some of the most epic boss battles, um, especially up to that point. Uh, I think the main one that That stands out is some of the most epic boss battles. It is, and I think the one that really stands out to me is the, uh, the sort of like the giant flying. One that you literally oh, think have to get up have, to speed on your horse I think to we have jump. the same one as you listed. So it's, yeah, the one you have to catch up with the airbags and you have to shoot them down. Yeah, and it, like you literally have to run at speed on your horse and leap off your horse onto it. <sighs> no, that on fight, PS2 was uh, That fight is fucking fantastic.
1: I'm simultaneously excited and kind of bummed that we'd both locked the same boss from Shadow of the Colossus.
2: Again, it's a it's a it's a game about epic boss battles. So I think it like it stands to reason that with such a topic, how could you not go to Shadow of the Colossus? And we both went was, to the same boss within it because it's literally the most epic boss in that whole game. Like it, some of the other bosses are larger and some of them are smaller, but none of them have you dive off your it's horse at speed. You look at it and you are like, "How the fuck am I actually going to do this?" Like just mechanically, it seems too complicated. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's just, it's gorgeous. But it's like this beautiful accumulation. It also like just shows like how good that horse AI was. Cause every other game with a horse in that era and possibly still to this date, I think they've probably eventually gotten better. But like that, the game that came out in like 2005, like your horse kind of behaved on its own to a certain degree. Yeah. Which made it possible to actually run up beside it. Like if it controlled like a horse in any other video game at the time, I think it just wouldn't be completely unmanageable.
2: I mean, if you like epic boss battles and you haven't played Shadow of the Colossus, go and remedy that as soon as possible. I
1: don't. I mean, if you at if you add, the things I think bosses a lot of the time are kind of treated more as like this kind of back of the box check that's like hung over from the from like the arcade days where we need to
2: do something to kill you so that you put more coins into the machine. It's the it's the video game equivalent of the like the DreamWorks dance sequence at the end of the film because they have no other idea how to end a film so hey everybody sing a song and dance sing a song and dance so it's like that like you look at the bioshock boss and it's just awful and it's or maybe it's a lack of confidence in not having something like that i I think the bioshock
1: box just reeks of the publisher saying you have to have this
2: yeah there needs to be some sort of climax well we we did the climax already yeah, so um, I mean we're getting sidetracked a little bit already here or at least I am
1: but I'm now remembering Uncharted 2 how those games never had good final bosses but Uncharted the second one started to figure out that don't make the final boss the end game do something else epic
2: afterwards yeah uh, and I think that's yeah like Uncharted 1 was sort of weird like what was the final boss didn't really hold a candle to the weird supernatural stuff you'd face just prior that's like hmm. oh this is just a dude with a scoped rifle on a boat like this sucks and uncharted 2 had lazarevich which was a pain in the ass encounter for a number of reasons and not super great uncharted 3 i guess they decided to drop that completely and it was sort of like an extended battle sequence with a quick time event finish and they did that again in uncharted 4 and yeah. i think i mean the, i think the nature of uncharted like they're not action games in that
1: way so the idea of having a super person who takes I mean, like, all the enemies in those games are bullet sponges, but the whole idea yeah. of a boss in those games is kind of silly. I think it's.
2: So having an epic it, escape sequence just seems more on brand for that particular. Yeah, I think that's just a Naughty Dog problem in general, because I don't think The Last of Us has had any good boss battles in it either, apart from maybe David in the first one. And even that is. I mean, the, it's I think a scripted bit to make it work moment. and like the yeah. story around it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, maybe it's just not really one of Naughty Dog's strong points at this point. Um, well, I mean, they're metal- a long way removed from Crash Bandicoot, which is a sort of game oh, I would yes. see it
1: easier to have like a nice, just chunky, glowy red bit, memorise the pattern.
2: Yeah, bounce on their head three times, bingo, bango, you're done. Um, metal Gear Solid 4. Okay, we're on a different Metal Gear. Let's go. Uh, so obviously the, the battle between liquid and solid as, um, extremely old men. Oh yeah. <laughs> so this is something and, of a spoiler We're right at the end of the game here. Well, honestly, spoilers for a game that's what, like 15 years old at this point, it's, it's I mean, at least yeah. a decade old. Like, come on people. And it- But you also know way, that like,
1: is... so, after you say this next week, they're going to announce like some sort of 4K compilation oh, yeah. of all the Which games up is... have <laughs>
2: Which is fine. Let, I mean, it's Konami, so I'd be surprised if they did anything that wasn't Pachinko-related with that property at the moment. Um, but Remastering I'm pretty sure MGS- it and like selling it yeah. again is probably one thing they wouldn't go do. MGS4 is still locked to the PS3. So it so is w- I would. I mean, MGS4 is still locked to the PS3, so I wouldn't mind being able to play it again. Because um, I, I weirdly really enjoyed that game, even though a lot of people didn't form to it as much. It's my favorite Metal Gear Solid game, and I almost went into why last
1: section actually but yeah you're right this boss fight is super cool um in part like it does actually work like if you just pay enough attention and it is also like a very different spin on the epic because these are two people fighting to kill
2: each other with their fists but they're also like 80 years old yeah it's amazing and just like the like Go, the way it keeps ramping up, and they're like they're both it, just crawling towards each other to finish the other one off. It's and just, the fact that it just went fuck it, let's do this like Street Fighter. Yeah, it gives me it gives me huge Yakuza vibes, like in just the 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 things that are at stake, honor and masculinity, and all of these other I guess. I'm to, know
0: to Yakuza;
1: that, those are those ones are always like on a nice edge for me. They always yeah, they seem can, to
2: just take a few too many hits, like... Yeah, they can dive into camp really quickly in the Yakuza games. So, I I don't think I'd list any of them as some of, like, my most favourite epic I think um, the scenario, like, they, they, the thing is they are very good at setting them up. I'm
1: okay with the camp. Like, I'm full on, like, okay, yeah. we've got these rip, ripped, somehow, Yakuza guys just ripping their shirts off on top... Atop the tallest building in this part of Tokyo, and they're, like, punching each other while money flies through the air, and then, like, somebody falls off as the entire building goes up in flames... It's amazing, but they, just, they always drag on too long. Yeah. I think it's part of the problem with a lot of boss fights is it's just too many hits or too many shots without doing something to change the scenario to make the amount of playtime required. Because the excitement goes away eventually, no matter how... Fu- and these inclusive boss fights, they are, they are incredibly stupid, but it's like fucking cool. And you've got that crazy-ass wiggly guitar music going in the background... And, and like everything and like you're picking up like baseball bats that are like just for some reason lying around the top of this hotel complex or whatever but man like yeah. when you've been doing that for 10 minutes and like it you're just like watching,
2: watching the health bar slowly creep down or it's you know it starts and it's like purple or something you're like oh great oh god it's like three more like layers like to heal away of- <laughs> yeah um I think from software have done some amazing boss battles throughout all of their work. Yeah. A few that stand out to me. um, The, the second owl fight in Sekiro is probably one that I most crystallized to me um, how much I prefer um, some of their older work rather than the multi, multi multi-phase boss fights with, some of the uh, randomization elements that cropped Mm. up in things like um, some of the Dark Souls three boss fights, but just by the time I beat that boss, I, I had his number. I had, uh, that pattern was down. I was not making any mistakes and it was just a gorgeous thing to feel that level of confidence. Like uh, you'll sometimes see in, in media properties where like a character's, advantage or superpowers they can see into the future Mm. and because i knew every move he had in his repository the minute i saw those frames start i knew exactly what to do and it was i imagine that's what that feeling is akin to like i know what you're going to do and i know exactly how to counter it and to me that's a beautiful thing that they um managed to achieve in those games if you you ever get that feeling out of them
1: pay so much attention there like noted like there are there are two like main camps i think like the way these boss battles Work, which is one is what you will see a lot in the souls games i actually haven't played sekiro but i got it a bit numb bloodborne is where you just have to have hyper quick reflexes and be able to recognize what's coming and there's like no rhyme or reason but once you recognize those few frames of animation and you know how to react
2: yeah it's a it's, it's a pu- it's kind of like a puzzle that it but requires- then but
1: this is the end. less puzzle-like and then you get something like which you've heard about with regard to it's a shame we didn't um get um a little sony pony on this ironically for Metroid is like Metroid Dread like apparently is a very good example of like it is straight up a puzzle like yeah it's just pattern like written. you will remember the pattern like it's like Dark Souls I actually don't know about Sekiro but these games would like there's no
2: logical or sequence cup, cup to the head. way they do it yeah yeah Yeah, and that's and I think that's the 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 battles I tend to prefer in the Souls games are the ones that feel more akin to that, where it does feel like uh, it's just I don't have to be as adaptable. I just need to remember the specific patterns for this boss. Yeah, I think being super adaptable in those games.
1: Because yeah, it's actually mentally exhausting (laughs) otherwise as well. Uh, I want to drag yeah, it back to Metal Gear Solid though because thankfully mm. we did not have the exact same thing again I've actually forgotten this guy's name I should maybe have looked it up but there is one boss in Metal Gear Solid 3 and it's just yep yep three fingers one boss in Metal Gear Solid 3 and it's just because of the- that stupid little Kojima gimmick is it the makes- end? yeah that's that would be his name where if you just don't play the game for a couple of weeks <laughs> he is really old and he will just die of old age and you can just go on
2: hero merry way metal i think a lot of the boss fights in metal gear solid the series overall are incredible and i think obviously by the time they got to three he was really starting to um play with some of those meta aspects yeah and the end exemplifies that in a lot of ways did you know that there's actually a part earlier in that game where you can um shoot him earlier than otherwise yeah and blow up his wheelchair and then you don't have to actually complete that battle Again, it's like, it's interesting that it feels like he's looked at stuff that the playtesters could get around and instead of, you know, making like, well, just put an invisible wall there so that doesn't work. He's like, oh no, make it work.
1: And yeah, I mean, that's why those games, as wacky as they are, are also simultaneously so clever. It's As a franchise to consistently have, like... Because I mean, I, st- I still get it now if I see a boss battle in a game, I'm like, oh no, I don't know if this is something I'm going to like want to deal with at all or not. The bottle the boss battles in Metal Gear Solid games have been consistently excellent.
2: Yeah, there's only like, like I wouldn't say from my experience, and there's um, any that are outright terrible. I would say there's some that are not as good as others.
1: But then the thing is, some of them occasionally... It's a high I forget, Yeah, like just really clever, but like every time it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do a boss battle right now, and then like two minutes later, like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. As opposed to say that for that 2011 Deus Ex game, you remember
2: that? Um, so, I tried Invisible to War? Not. Yeah, I, I, I feel that that game is unfairly maligned just because it's it wasn't more Deus Ex exactly. Um, it was very good aside from
1: those boss fights.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I and yeah. Oh, are we talking about, um, human revolution? I thought no, we were talking Invisible about Invisible War. War.
0: Okay. Invisible so Invisible. that's,
2: yeah, that's even before that, that, that thing would have been like 2000, 2011, I think five. Oh really? I thought that'd be. Human Invisible but, War was what, like 2018. Yeah. This is 2011, I think. But no, I mean, I it was divided. There's, there's, there's more Deus Ex games than we deserve, but we still should get more. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Um, was that... I know that Human Revolution, the biggest issue people had with it, was that you couldn't stealth the boss battles. Like, you could do a full stealth I run, think, and then in the original version... I wait, you, yeah,
1: I am thinking EQB Revolution. right? I am getting... You, we are getting out yeah. new Deus Ex. They need to stop doing these two 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 letter <laughs> things. Yes, it is Human Revolution. You're yeah. right. Um, Invisible Wall, the- I didn't actually have time for. And you're right, yeah, that's it, fine. Been... It's, it, was, it wasn't great. It was okay. It was, I mean, the problem was, it wasn't that you couldn't stealth them, it's that, and I guess this is the key boss battle fundamentally, it really should be like an exercise in what you've been getting good at until this point. Yeah, it would and be like if you were studying stealth. for an English exam and then they gave you a math paper.
2: Yeah, so it's like, oh, you've worked on stealth skills? Well, you can't stealth any of these bosses. I They fixed that in the director's cut. Which was surprisingly well which is also what I want to get around to is like they
1: actually made them like they, they opened up some like vents and shit and like they didn't suck anymore
2: yeah so um, I think that's uh quite good I, I never got around to playing the director's cut although I kind of wish I had because I think that that would have improved some of those experiences for me
1: I would recommend I would still recommend that director's cut because it's going to be like a steam sales going to be coming out I think it's going to be five dollars sometime in the next oh, yeah. few weeks um, if you've never sure. played it, that game is actually super solid. And the boss battles do not suck anymore. Like, they found a way to make them work within the skill set that you probably have been developing over the course of that game.
2: Might be something that I grab a cheap secondhand PS4 copy and plug you away. a PS3 a game. I don't know how you're going to... Oh, was it? Oh, I'm probably <laughs> thinking of, yeah, Mankind Divided on the PS4. Dang it. Okay. Foiled. Well, maybe my potato PC can run a 2011 game decently. We'll see.
1: I'm pretty sure I can. I mean, it's the thing that, like, I'm like I'm guaranteed, like, almost any laptop will be able to run that now, just
2: fine, as long as you've got it in the last couple of years. Um, do are there any JRPG battles we would consider epic?
1: The moments so if we get to like the very end of Final Fantasy Seven. Um, and this Step is tricky off, because it. now like th- that series is being remade on a large level we're almost in a is it actually spoilery territory but whatever this is the end of Final Fantasy 7 is I mean that ba- that battle was um, epic on an almost silly scale like you would have an ability where a comet would come and like destroy the entire solar system and like land into the planet but I think the thing that made it for me and this actually is actually something else was like you could you We'd kind of get to the end, and then you would have the shit beaten out of it. Would just be you, like just Cloud without the party. Yeah, the, and Sephiroth yeah. would also be there, kind of like limp. Was he shirtless um, by that point? Yeah, probably. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> a lot of people find Sephiroth sexy. Good for them. You do, you people. Um, and like a new limit break, limit breaks in the game, being like if you're taking off hits or whatever, occasionally you can do a hyper powerful attack. Would just open up for Cloud, which is called Omnislash, Which you could technically, if you're a sadist actually unlock over the course of the original of the game but again saddest you can play the game for like 150 hours or something and then sure by the time you've unlocked that attack you don't need it anymore um and like it was this cool little thing where like just the end of the boss fight is you just wail into him like it's just like this it's like this 30 second animation of you just massacring this guy (laughs) and then like and it's super satisfying and i wish I guess we're back to, like, where I had this moment. Was it playing Heavenly Sword of all fucking things? Remember when that was going to be the savior for the PlayStation 3?
2: for that brief week.
1: For, like, (laughs) that first year in its life or whatever. And it was a very pretty game or whatever. And I honestly quite enjoyed it, but it was never going to be that big a console seller. You get this bit to the end where, like, your character has this kind of awakening kind of moment. And you're just, like, super overpowered, And then, of course, after that, they give you, like, a really... Like, if it's overpower goes away and they give you, like, another thing after that. But part of me almost wonders, like, could you actually have an awesome boss fight where you were just... Like, it's just, like, you know what? You've worked hard to get this way. And then it just turns out you just kick the ever-loving shit out of
2: them. And that's kind of within the um, narrative and canon of what's supposed to happen. I mean, I feel like that's probably present in a lot of anime-inspired games. Sure, that would be something that would totally truck in a Dragon yeah, Ball Z game. Yeah, I'd say it would truck. No, it wouldn't because they just keep on getting more powerful. It's weird. Like, they stop blowing yes, up planets and then they're the blowing galaxy. up galaxies and then... what Did something like that happen in Azura's Wrath? I can't remember. It seems to vaguely ring a bell of something on that scale.
1: Well, I mean... That's a that's a deep cut. I haven't seen Azura's Wrath in, mentioned
2: in a long... Yeah, nor have I in quite a while so that's why it's so tricky to remember...
1: Um, hey Ken's back
2: just gonna um, like out of nowhere say like, Ken say hello.
1: hello hello I'm back Ken wow we were getting close to wrapping any... up do you have anything
0: you want to bring anything? oh if did it we talk battles. about uh have we talked about um Bayonetta we have no, not but talk that talk is a very appropriate Bayonetta. call <laughs> yeah I mean they've got really cool bosses <laughs> just I <straight. laughs> You're not wrong, Matt. Um Um yeah, I'm coming into this conversation late and everything, but I had made a few notes to myself um in preparation for the episode. Are you on prototype. my page where
1: Bayonetta two is a lot better here than Bayonetta One, which I always had trouble actually feeling like I was in control?
0: Yeah, I dunno. I've never I I never played two, so I don't know. Huh. But um Yeah, yeah. Just never got round to it because I never finished Bayonetta because right. the last the last boss was just ridiculously difficult. Um and I just could not get through it. I've tried it, I tried it, I tried it. I just couldn't get through it, but um the rest of the game is brilliant.
1: Um so this this is an appropriate follow-on from me just saying maybe more bosses should just let you be overpowered. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i i understand like fundamentally that bosses are meant to be like the climax or at least like like yeah the mid-season trailer or or the end season climax of 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 a you know using a using you know a a, a tv analogy but
1: but i think they're supposed to make you feel awesome and like it's earned but i don't think they necessarily have to be like sadistically difficult that's right that's my point like
0: it's it doesn't feel a boss battle doesn't feel like it does not feel um epic if you've just ran up against the same wall twenty times and you finally managed to do it because you cheesed the game um there is a there is a balance between making it challenging. Mm-hmm but also not just beating you over the head, like, yeah. into submission.
1: Getting back to my dilemma, I think, with the Yakuza games, that come only really gone on for so long and so much of your success, that depends on how many of those energy drinks you're carrying with you.
0: Yeah. And so, like, I enjoyed my entire time of Bayonetta up until, like, the final boss, and I just could not beat it. And I tried and I tried and I tried. And it's just like, I don't get to experience... Um the The, final the final final moments of that game because i just couldn't beat the game
1: it's like somebody taped over your recording of the last episode
0: of a tv show yep yep exactly and then that's where i fell out from the from the rest of the series so like when two rolled around i'm like i I found
1: two way more um i felt more in control the whole time like bayonetta 1 actually was a spectacular game but i never felt I mean, different people react to these differently. Like, that combat system did not work for me, but somehow mm. at some point Bayonetta 2's did, and I don't know what they were doing different exactly. But I, yeah, I, but, I, I click with Virtual Fighter, but not Tekken. And fucking whatever. Anyway, sorry Ken.
0: Yeah, but um, but the boss designs in in Bayonetta are pretty ace. Like, uh, I, just character designs. Yeah, like subject. all of the visual design. In those games are freaking visual design wild. Is, just, is wild and terrifying, especially the um. The, the, the enemies which are like all these like baby-faced monsters it's just terrifying um oh there we go I babies want... we're going we're coming full circle all right <laughs> yeah but i did want to just quickly point out like I, like i said i wrote i wrote down a few names here i wrote prototype because that was another game which like i couldn't finish because the last boss was terrible but then again it was an overall middling game so whatever um yeah i put Batman Arkham, Arkham the Arkham series um huh. they've got some phenomenal bosses but also some of them are just like the croc um when you have to fight killer croc oh god um I've forgotten of that yeah but then and then Joker turns into this gigantic massive like juiced up roided mm. monster which is just weird um but I also I put down, how much that game falls off at the end. The game is so good, though. Yeah, the, the, yeah. It it falls off with its bosses. The, the bosses are terrible. But um, huh? one good example I wanted to put out was uh, Mega Man. Um, particularly Mega which Man. Which one? There's so many. There's so many, but particularly Mega Man. The one I played on Game Boy, which was ages, ages, ages ago. But um. Wait, like original Game Boy, not even Game Boy Advance. Yeah, it, original Game Boy. Oh damn.
1: Um, Was like a just... nineteen ninety four game or something. Yeah.
0: Um. But what I thought, like one of the things I didn't realize, like one, the great thing about Mega Man is the bosses are all these robots with, with really rad design. You know, the Scissor Man and and like Bubble Man and all. the various bits and you know, various like thematic bosses. Um but have you all are you all familiar with Mega do you all play Mega Man?
1: I've played I Mega have. Man X a bit
0: on a Wii U so a a retro right. purchase. All right. So I've never played a Mega Man game. One of the things that just absolutely blew my mind then and blew and still blows my mind now is when you go into the game you can actually pick which boss you want to go up against. It's, there's usually there's there's like there is a um, sequence that you should normally follow, but if you wanted to go with somebody else, you could. But if you follow the sequence, the power that you gain from the boss you defeated is the weakness of the next boss. Yeah, so, okay. So, you know, if you decided to play out of, out of sequence, you're going to have a really hard time. But if you play in sequence... You're gonna have a much easier time because the weapon. Because every time you defeat a boss, you pick up a new special power. Um, that's one of the things that I, not, I haven't seen replicated in other games where, um, they give you the that boss's special power. Like if you de- defeat Scissor Man, um, you pick you up. Get... Like you get the ability to shoot scissors. That's like a like blade. you get a pair of scissors, which that actually makes shoot- sense. It's it's like the
1: just what happens in every first-person shooter. You shoot the guy, you take his gun.
0: Yeah, right. But then that particular... Because you're now you're able to shoot blades, you can defeat the next boss easier because the next boss is like Bubble Man and the blade bursts the bubbles. bubbles. Yeah. yeah. So, like, every subsequent boss... Like, every boss you defeat gives you the special power to defeat the next subsequent boss easier. So, like, that just... When I played it then, um, back in the early nineties, it was just, it just blew my mind, and I just loved that. I just loved that it where it's kind of like, well, you know, you can play out a sequence if you want to. It's kind of like, kind of like dark sozi where you can like, challenge right, yourself. You but if you, but um, you know, yeah, absolutely, you can go and go all the way to like three, well, three, three or something like that. Like I don't know, like some. Some bit of the of the world where 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 you have it's it's really difficult. But if you follow the sequence, um, your life is going to be a little bit easier. And also, just I like I like the fact that in Mega Man the, the bosses are the, themed are very very strongly themed. Um, That's yeah. very appealing. Yeah, Look, and like, that was the old Mega Man, not not like Mega Man X where they started doing all kinds of weird stuff. Mega Man X is pretty good from the well, at least I thought it was back in. Oh my crap,
1: 2014 was a while ago, I think that was when I played it. Maybe 15. Yeah. But it's like, one thing, like, there's some bosses I've remembered as epic, so, like, you mentioned Bayonetta, and I'm also thinking, like, God of War, and I'm like, I don't... I can't visualize very clearly... any of those boss fights, which were, like, so famously epic at the time. I'm re... I, maybe only because I played it recently, like the 2018 God of War that Dragon Fighter I remember being really cool and in part because they did a very good job of like letting you be able to figure out the rhythm and how it works and also probably helps you actually had your kid yelling at you what to do as well and yeah. it was very well like con- contained and like it didn't try to overstretch itself and like it knew when to be cinematic and when to just simply be playable sure. but we were- Steve and I were talking about Metal Gear Solid earlier and I'm like thinking man I remember so many of the bosses From fucking Metal Gear, so vividly in a way that I don't. Way more epic monsters. I'm wondering now if, like, a key part of this is to simply have some character.
2: I think that's very important. One of the other ones that does that for me, or at least did for a while, was um the Zelda series with a lot of its boss fights, where especially to my mind, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, like. I guess they tried to experiment with some of the gimmicks a little bit. Well, those bosses are normally
1: like a classic example of like, you picked up a new item in that dungeon, and the boss is kind of like the test for passing to be able to keep that item.
2: Yeah, you need to use that item to defeat the boss. Jump on its head three times. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's it's that sort of Nintendo boss behavior pattern. But like,
1: say you got the grappling hook, then the boss would be something with a giant eye that you would grapple into the ground. Like they always found a way to like make that new item.
0: Yeah, the
2: the the weakness of the of the boss. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Do we think that boss battles are starting to become a thing of the past? I've thought that like ten years ago, but like the like kind of hanging um,
1: around. And like, th- the thing that made me think about this was like, I was just reading a few things about Metroid Dread and like some people are saying these boss battles are awesome. Although like, I remember the boss battles in Metroid prime two being really good, but I can't visualize any of them anymore.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they're a thing. I mean, they are definitely a heavy part of destiny coming back to destiny. Hmm. Um, boss battles are a major part of raids and strikes. Um, because it's it's always leading to something at the end. There's always a big battle at the end, um, and you kind of want that because otherwise you're just killing random random zombies. Um, but it did make me think about some of the other games as a service, like um, some of the Far Cry games. No, so Far Cry is not a games as a service, yeah. but some of the Ubisoft games where um, Ghost Recon, Ghost Recon Wildlands, um, Far Cry Five. I'm not sure about six, but where ostensibly there's a boss, but you kind of have to like build up enough cred to get to the boss. And then the boss just like has some weird, super spammy attack that just takes you out. And it's just cheap. It's just cheap attacks.
1: Yeah, I don't like, associate Ubisoft with good bosses like
0: that. <laughs> like you said, so like, Oh, so, so, that, so, so I was going to like, say like, I think bosses are still there, but it's, it's different. It's, Especially with the Ubisoft games, it's just more of another hurdle. That they're not epic things for you to conquer and you know win the day with. It's just another hurdle for you to get through. Another. I think that may be inherently
1: easier to de- to design in 2D or side scrolling.
0: I don't know. I mean, Destiny's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, like, literally broadcasting from the Destiny church
1: right now. You may be wearing robes and drinking the Kool-Aid.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, maybe there's just... Gaming has widened so much that that's not as big a part of the language anymore as it used to be.
1: Well, it's not... A, like, it used to be everything, because, I, like I think I said at the beginning of this, it was probably something they threw into arcade games to make sure you had to throw in a couple more coins.
0: yeah. I mean, I do like the fact that there are some games which are just bosses now, like following In the Shadow of the Colossus um, model, where you just go from one boss battle to another boss battle. I think there was another sort of indie 2D game that was kind of like that. Uh, um, Titan Souls? Yeah, I think so. Cuphead was originally going to be that until everybody
2: complained. Which, again, like, I can see that working. And yeah. I... But then I guess, you know, things like Hollow Knight where bosses are a huge part of that as well, but there is so much of that exploration that's key to it. I mean, that's just maybe the Metroidvania uh, genre in general. But I think, I still think we're getting games where they feel a little bit tacked on. Oh, yeah. A a lot of those, the bigger Sony, like third-person action adventure games where it feels like and here we'll have a boss for pacing reasons or something like that. Like, it's...
1: Pacing's a good reason. It just has to be... Does Tsushima have any? Because I've just remembered, like, way back when Super Mario Sunshine just came out and people were losing their shit that boss was, like, a minute long. And I'm kind of like, maybe we should have just more super short and sweet bosses.
0: Because yeah, I love Tsushima... the
1: idea that that game would have a boss that would just be over in, like, two swipes of your sword.
0: Yeah, it comes um, with it, the it does... had some, had some, like, not not The necessary duels, boss. I would say. Yeah, they've got duels and they've got like narrative climaxes where the sequence is longer so it's not like a boss boss um yeah we established that
1: uncharted is not good at boss fights quite early on
0: and i was gonna say like um we talked about deus Ex very briefly at the start of the show um, but there's X. Um, I think we've already you, touched on man, what you're about to bring up. Man. Oh, have you talked about like yeah, the boss fights were literally de- designed by a different team from yep. the team that made the rest of the that game. That is yeah.
1: why you had a stealth game with dumbass duty sections in it. Yeah.
0: But um, I don't know. I don't know how. I, so I don't know which, at which point I joined the conversation, but that's pretty that's much that. Is your boss fight is figuring out where the fuck we are. <laughs>
1: I guess one I had a soft spot for and then lost for was, um, a game that's not necessarily aged very well, but was the, um, boss at the very end of the first Sonic Adventure. Just because it was that kind of power high for, like, half the time, like, it was cheesy as all sin, like, you know, Tails had all the Chaos Emeralds and you kind of, like, turn into Super Sonic. Like, the entire city's in ruins and, like, this giant monster made out of water and the entire city's flooded but now you can go so fast you're like just running over the water and for some reason out of nowhere like you can't see them but there are people cheering for you and everything and then that dumbass like cock rock theme music starts playing which is actually kind of makes you feel badass even though you know it's really dumb and like you're just kind of charging down there like avoiding these things and like just going like it's just like slamming into the boss and all you, all, all you do to finish that boss is slam into it three times and so much of it is just made by that stupid ass music they try to change the music to this kind of like dun 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 ah like, stupid-ass monster movie shit in the second half. It just doesn't work anymore. And, like, just getting the tone right is almost maybe half of it. Like, just let let people feel badass during these fights. These fights are supposed to make you feel like you've achieved something.
0: I think that
2: maybe... I think I'm going to... Uh, based on our discussion, I think I'm just going to have to give it to Metal Gear Solid as a series for having... yeah. Some of the best boss fights. If we're gonna pick a winner overall, yeah, Metal Gear is the most consistently.
1: Ken, would you agree with this? This is how I'm just gonna wrap it up. No, destiny.
2: <laughs> I did not see that coming.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I mean you guys I left you guys alone for like half a minute, you started talking board games. I thought maybe you'd see it eye to eye. But <laughs> anyway, Ken, um, thank you very much for managing to, you know. Make as much time as I guess is reasonably possible.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's it's good to be back, but um, it, it is challenging with a, with a with a baby in. The yeah, back. whoever thought that
1: babies well. would make things harder.
0: Hmm. Do you, do you do you have any? Have you been able to do anything that you want to pimp? Uh well, I did the um a a recent player two plays video um on back back for, back for blood, like I said earlier. Um i've got a hell let loose review that i put up recently a couple weeks ago two or three weeks ago now um so i'm pretty proud about i'm pretty proud of that review um so check that out uh a couple of videos here and there not many i'm trying to slowly get back into things but uh yeah those two would be the main ones and you've still hijacked the at pixel hunt twitter handle i believe at, at pixel hunt i've hijacked it for like almost 10 years now <laughs> it's been about a decade
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. All right, Steve. What do you want to shout about? Uh, again, just the player two plays with uh, Back for Blood, featuring myself and Ken. Um, I feel like that video does not fully represent my skill capabilities in Back for <laughs> Blood, but um, I yeah, it's much not- lower than it.
0: It's much lower than what it appears in the, in the video game. In the Video. Let's video of the backs.
2: Yeah um uh, i've got a few more reviews coming up in the near future um so keep an eye out for those on player two and that's about it obviously listen to this podcast please which i assume you yeah. already are doing
1: <laughs> if you if you're this far thank you very much um yeah my my review of jet finally went up that was that was like went from being like a super exciting thing to kind of oh like, damn in a pretty short period of time um, I told myself I'm going to have something about the, um, good life up. We'll see how I go with actually getting through the damn thing. Short version is I do actually like it, though. And my Twitter handle is I'm- I'm at pretendbeard. But yeah, that's... that's the year's getting over. This is creepy as shit.
0: Yeah, it's Christmas coming
1: soon. It's November almost. Yep. Or in better English grammar, it's almost November. yeah uh. Well, look. It's, yeah, it's because I forgot it was still October. I actually thought it was November <laughs> already, and it's like, wait, he's not going
0: that fast. It's really-